bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. I think Black Conscience was right. Wayne said, Dr. Ken, I've worked in many cities in Mexico, including Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Monterrey. If there was one thing I recognized right away, it's that most everyone that lives in Mexico is of a Latin American descent, which gives them much a united front when the community is attacked in any way. Okay. But I mean, they killed two people, two American citizens. Would we have had a different instance of a reaction had these citizens been white? I mean, the girl that went to Aruba and disappeared, we heard about her for, what, two years after she was gone? Probably sex slave trafficking or somebody killed her and disposed of the body. Every time a white person is missing or disappears or is killed, it makes national news, especially white girls. This made national news and then promptly disappeared. They was like, oh, they're black. And they disappeared. Do I know that they did that for sure? No, I don't know. But it sure seems a little lopsided. You know, we complain about the media and talk about how liberal the media is. But it's so funny when stuff happened to black people, the liberal media does nothing. They do absolutely nothing. They call themselves not liberal, but they are. And it's okay as long as you tell yourself that if you're conservative or liberal, 
Republican or Democrat, whatever. Just just be. But when things like this happen and it's kind of just dropped off, where's the big news? Where where are the reports, right? And then when I say that, I look at TV and I see that the uh, the bodies of the two that were killed have been repatriated back to the United States. So that's at least good to see and good to hear. And all we're talking about, fentanyl. That's interesting. 833-212-1017 is the number. So on Monday, we had a guest who was the candidate for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And today we have... Another candidate, the two who made it through the February um, election. And now we have the honor of having Judge Janet Protasewicz on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you, Judge? I'm good, Dr. Harris. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So I don't, I'm trying to remember. So were you a judge in Milwaukee County? I was and I am. And okay. so I was in the DA's office while you were with the police department. That's what I thought. And then I, yeah, and then I got on the bench in 2014. Um, and I think you retired a couple of years later, if my memory serves me correctly. Okay, so now I have everybody here thinking I did something. That's why I was in front of you as a judge. So, <laughs> no so one works together on case. <laughs> so everybody's I'd have to go back and look and see because you know by the time it, by the time you get in front of a judge in Milwaukee County nowadays, well, they, they don't seem to. And so one of the things first of all, congratulations for winning the election. Thank you. And my question is locally, what can be done regarding some of the prosecutors who are not I believe, amply assigning bail and amply assigning punishment to people who need to be held accountable. I know you mentioned on your website that it's important that for victims and victim rights that if you break the law, you should be held accountable. But can you help me understand what your version of accountability is? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we can start with the bail situation. And, you know, I've I've long been a believer that the appropriate amount of bail, you know, should be recommended by the district attorney's office. But, you know, the buck really stops with that court commissioner who sets the bail in intake court. Now, in the district attorney's office, when and in you know when bail is set inappropriately, they can bring a motion to the circuit court asking to have that bail reviewed, and you know that should be done if bail isn't set appropriately. I know that there is a um, constitutional amendment on the ballot for this spring, and people have been a little bit surprised because they consider me the more liberal candidate when I talk to them about that constitutional amendment. And I tell people I'm all for that amendment because the problem with the bail statute as it's currently written is that the person setting bail is only supposed to take into account whether or not the person accused of a crime is going to return to court or not. Right. 
and it certainly can tie the hands of the person who's setting bail. That new bail statute would allow the judge or whoever's setting the bail or the court commissioner to actually, you know, look at a number of other factors, including, you know, community safety and whether or not a person is, you know, a danger to the community. So I think that's a good thing. I think it expands, you know, what a judge or court commissioner can do in keeping the community safe. And it certainly, I think, probably gives more gravitas to the arguments made by the prosecutors when they are requesting bail in cases. And so is that something that is getting bipartisan support? Well, I'm interested. I think it should be getting bipartisan support. I hope it's getting bipartisan support. And, you know, I would tell you, I'd even go a step further than the way that bail amendment, you know, question is on the ballot. I think there are so people, some people that are so dangerous and the case against them is so strong that we should just be able to hold them until the day of their trial, hold them without giving them that opportunity to post bail. So I think, first of all, the bail statute needs to be changed. And then secondly, we have to look at some of the people in this community who are just so incredibly dangerous. I don't know what happened today outside the courthouse, but I understand that a young person was shot and killed in broad daylight on 10th and State Street. I don't know any of the facts or circumstances about that. I saw that on the news within the last few minutes. And it's really frightening what's going on in our communities. And so on your website, you you talk about... Um some of the issues that you as a as an individual carry but but I have a concern that you mentioned things that are that are and and I know you you're you're, you're admittedly you're a you're you're liberal but you you make some comments that I believe go outside of the rule of law by saying how you're going to uh, rule on something, and, and I, I guess I, I'm asking, is is this a correct assumption, that you're going to rule on something and you have settled it before you've even heard evidence? Is that something that no, a judge should do? No, a judge should not do that. What I've done is I've told people what my personal values are in regard to just really two issues. Well, in regard to three issues, actually, right. including community safety. But so nothing on your website says person- it's personal. Well, every every time I speak, you will hear me say two things. Number one, this is what my value is. My value is that we should have fair maps, that everybody's vote should count, that we should have a representative democracy. And then I say I would welcome the chance and the opportunity to revisit the maps, right? Um, because I don't think people are being fairly represented. But I'm very, very, very careful to always say, nonetheless, even though that is my personal value, that we need to really, really think long and hard about what happened with the maps and how it robbed many people of their right to have their vote count. I say, you know, in the end, I don't know how that question is going to be structured when it comes in front of the Supreme Court or if it's going to come in front of the Supreme Court. And in the end, I can't tell you what I will do on any case. I can tell you I'll follow the law and uphold the Constitution, but I'll tell you what my personal value is. And the same on women's reproductive rights. You know, I say this is what my personal value is, um, but, you know, but I'm making nobody any promises about what I will do once an issue comes to the court. And so you would, in fact, follow the rule of law, and and if the evidence and the arguments lean towards whatever side, 
you would then follow that? Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, I've told everybody, every decision that I ever make will be rooted in the law and absolutely following the Constitution and upholding the law. Okay. Is there anything or any reason you want to add? Because I'll, I'll ask you the same thing that I asked your opponent. Sure. Why should the black community vote for Judge Janet Potosiewicz? Well, let's talk about this. Let's go back to that gerrymandering issue. If you're ever going to get a fair look at the maps and, you know, what our Supreme Court did with that ridiculous least change rule has really taken away people's ability to have their vote counted and really taken away people's ability to have their vote counted in populated areas of our state, i.e., the city of Milwaukee and the city of Madison. And, you know, where are most of the African-American people living? I don't for a second think that that wasn't done for that reason to inhibit that vote. I'd also say this. um, Think about the Dropbox case. And that's why I have told people, you know, very, very outspoken when I've told people, number one, I think the maps are rigged and rigged against certain people. And number two, the Dropbox. What, what, what did that Dropbox decision do? You know, that Dropbox decision assisted in taking away the rights of people to have their vote count, of people who, you know, probably have to be at work or caring for family and doing you know, different, you know, responsibilities. So you look at that, you look at our democracy as a whole, and that's, you know, I would say one issue where I would say, you know, the African-American community should come out and, um, support me in this race. It is so, so critically important. You know, I mean, I think that we also have to, you know, talk about the extremism that, you know, we see with, you know, Dan Kelly. You know, we're talking about somebody who's, you know, refused to to take himself off of cases when he probably should. Somebody who I think our latest commercial, you know, just did an ad where, He recused himself from a case. Um, He was given $20,000 from one of the litigants, and then he got back on the case. And, you know, is that the kind of person we want on our Supreme Court? I don't think so. I mean, I really feel, and this is where, you know, going around talking to people all across our community, really feel like people want fair, they want independent, they want normal on their Supreme Court. And so, you know, I think if this race is so critically important to every single person in this state who wants an impartial court, who doesn't want an activist court, who wants common sense, who doesn't want extreme partisanship, who wants decisions rooted in law, I don't believe that Dan Kelly will follow the law. I believe he'll follow his own partisan views. But yet some of the things on your site makes it sound as if you won't follow the law because of what your values are. So are you saying that your no. values will not drive how you vote? I'll tell you that this is what I think. I think everybody in this community, when they're voting for somebody for such an important seat, for such an important seat, they should know what the candidate's values are. Rather than letting a candidate hide you know, behind kind of a gauzy curtain and say, hey, I'm not going to tell you what my values are. This is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that. Logic will dictate the right answer. Okay, so let's take that the second step. We did a forum in Madison in January, 
And I said what my values are. And then I went a step further and said, I will, of course, always uphold the law and follow the Constitution. Um, Dan Kelly said, I'm going to follow logic. And in the end, we'll see which way the logic leads. Okay, fine. Look at the Wisconsin Right to Light website. And there Dan Kelly is as their endorsed candidate. And look at that website. That website states, plain and clear, we are endorsing the candidate who has pledged, they use that word, pledged, to uphold, you know, basically our views and our values. So, you know, you can have the person, me, who's going to come right out and no matter who I talk to. But no aren't you doing that calling head, yourself a liberal? The same thing. Aren't you doing that calling yourself a no, liberal, though? When you say no. you're liberal, you're saying no. that you support the things that are liberal, the things that the that that Governor Evers supports, the things that Tammy Baldwin sure, and Mark Pocan. Right. So how is that unfair? How many is of it? Them. And you have many organizations that support you as well. Sure, I do. But, you know, here's what I'd say. There are plenty of issues that go from the far left to the far right. Community safety, far left to the far right. Independence. But what about Planned Parenthood, who historically has been against blacks and Catholics and Jews and their their the inception of Planned Parenthood and how it started was racist in itself. But yet they support you. Well, I was born and raised a Catholic, and I'll tell you, that's the first I've heard of that. I have hmm. never heard that Planned Parenthood was racist. Can you tell? I mean, I would be very, very I would suggest you do some homework. I, I would suggest you do some homework on Planned Parenthood and how they started. But but, but I understand that because you're also backed by Wisconsin conservation voters. And, and, and to be fair, you are kind of broadly based across Wisconsin. You've got both a few conservative and a few liberal and organizations that are in the middle supporting you. And so if you win, what do you think the, well, I know you can't tell what cases are going to come before the Supreme court, but do you believe that the gerrymandering issue is a big enough issue to carry you over the top? I don't know. You know, I really think it is all going to be, you know, what's important to the public and what they think, you know, I've been very clear. I think Dan Kelly is a right-wing partisan extremist. I think I'm a common-sense judge who wants to bring change to our court with common-sense values. But how can you bring change to a court? And, like, how how do you bring change to a court when you can't do anything until they bring cases to the court? What, What change could you possibly bring? Well, here's the situation. The court um, can decide whether or not to take a case. I can tell you with 100% certainty, if Dan Kelly is elected, that 1849 abortion ban is going to stand. I can tell you that. The Supreme Court's not going to take that case. There'll be a majority. You don't just get to take your case to the court, right? And the same thing, you know, with the maps. The maps aren't going to go to the court if Dan Kelly's elected. None of those will have a fresh look. But how does Dan... Kelly control what comes to the court because the court will have a four to three majority. Okay. If Dan Kelly wins. And so what's so critical about this seat is, you know, and I'd like to give your you know, listeners just a little bit of a review. There are seven seats on our Wisconsin Supreme court. Four seats are currently controlled by what I term right wing extremists three by, you know, Ann Walsh, Bradley, 
um, Rebecca Gallet. So is everybody that's conservative a right wing extremist or are some people just conservative? I would say I would say our Supreme Court has a lot of right wing extremists on it. Now, if, in fact, I win this race, then we have a four to three majority of justices who are going to uphold the law and follow the Constitution. Then when the case comes to the court about the 1849 ban, it is likely to be accepted and heard by the court. When a case comes asking to revisit the maps, it's more likely that that case is going to be accepted to be heard by the court. So that's why Dan Kelly is really the linchpin, because that will make up who has the majority. All right. Well, thank you much. I appreciate it. And best wishes on Election Day. Hope you do well. Thank thank you so very much. And it was nice talking with you. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. And have a nice evening. Thank you. And that was Judge Janet Potasiewicz, candidate for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Your thoughts? 833-212-1017. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. Before we go to break, um, there's breaking news on 10th and State, as uh, Judge Protosiewicz mentioned. Uh, 10th and State, there was a shooting. Milwaukee man dead. A 28-year-old Milwaukee man was shot and killed near 10th and State today. Police are looking for the shooter. Anyone with information is asked to... Contact Milwaukee Police Department at 414-935-7360. Or to remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers at 414-224-TIPS or pound three tips. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Who, who, I can't, ugh. I love it when I stand up and the screen turns gray. Weird. Um, <laughs> Talk a text line. Chris say this is a sheep in wolf's clothing already has implied how she will rule. Don't care about your values. Will you uphold the Constitution, period? And then 414-429 said, excellent job on the interview today. Courtney said, thank you for this and for questioning the judge about the topic. So I got an opinion piece. But a lot of it is factual. Um And it's from the USA Today. It's from three years ago, July 23rd of 2020. Um, Kristen Hawkins, who I don't know, wrote an 
an opinion contributor said how a woman who advocated for the selective breeding of her fellow citizens came to be memorialized with those who built a country is hard to understand. The title of the article in USA Today is Remove Statues of Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood, I'll get it, Planned Parenthood founder tied to eugenics and racism. And I'll read some of it. All across America, videos of activists attacking statues plays on a loop while some political leaders voice their support for removing all reminders of people whose personal histories put them in a negative light. And asking for the U.S. Capitol to go to be cleansed of Confederate statues. Uh, at the time, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said they must go because their efforts were to achieve such a plainly racist end. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on NBC Today show, uh, said that removing statues is a healthy expression of priorities and values. For those identifying with historical figures with racist roots, who should be removed from public view because of their evil histories. Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret Sanger, must join that list. In promoting birth control, she advanced a controversial Negro project who in her autobiography wrote about speaking to a Ku Klux Klan group and advocated for a eugenics approach to breeding for the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extinction of defective stocks. Those human weeds which threatened the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. This was in a 1939 letter to Dr. C.J. Gamble. Sanger urged him to get over his reluctance to hire a full-time Negro physician as the colored Negroes can get closer to their own members and more or less lay their cards on the table, which means their ignorance, superstitions, and doubts. And like the abortion lobby today, Sanger urged Dr. Gamble to enlist the help of spiritual leaders to justify their deadly work, writing, and this is an opinion piece, we do not want word to go get out. Let me, let me get the quote right. We do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious Members, And that spirit of racism continues today. And she goes on to write 300 former and current employees of Planned Parenthood said recently in an open letter noting a toxic environment. And she goes on to say more negative things. Um, and and it's it's to get people to understand that. Whether or not you agree with the organization or agree with the stance, its roots are important. And that's not to say that that's the same organization it is today, whether you support parent, Planned Parenthood or not. I'm saying, look at the totality. It's, it's not a bash. It's not a, oh, it's terrible, because every organization and person and thing has something negative about them. But that was the start of it. And that's why I mentioned it to her, because I think it's important that everybody knows everything about an organization presents itself in a certain way. There were some negatives, right, about Martin Luther King. There were some negatives, right? There were statements of him and other women and all sorts of things about Martin Luther King. It doesn't take away from the work he's done. It doesn't take away from who he is. He's human. And... 
does something negative, one thing negative, remove a lifetime of work? Does one bad history remove a lifetime of work? And that's what I'm saying. Be fair, be objective in your assessment of everything and everybody and every organization and every person. Because that is what you would want. That's all. But be informed. Learn the truth. And that's all that really matters, really, if you really think about it. Learn the truth. See both sides of an of a argument. Don't just be on the conservative side. Just don't be on the liberal side. Don't be on the Republican side. Don't be on the Democratic side. Be on the side that you choose. And stand on it. But don't bash other people for what they have. Because that's not fair. That's not equitable. And it's not inclusive. I love how we argue about inclusivity, but then we decide to selectively not include people. Which is strange to me. But you know, they always say, there are two things you can never talk about. Politics and religion. But when those two come together, When those two rear their ugly head, what do you do? And that's when you look at things from your eye, your perspective, your heart, your understanding, and make the decision for yourself. Because in the end, it's your decision. God gave you the right. The Constitution gives you the right. Some of the issues I have with with what the judge said is that what both judges— what both of them said is that they're pretending like they're not that they're going to follow the rule of law. when in fact, they have a preconceived thing. I think that if you have a conservative court, regardless of who the court is, you should hear the case as it relates to abortion in Wisconsin because it's needed. Whether it's overturned or not. In today's world, it needs to be heard. Make your argument both sides. I know where I come down, and that's that. But at some point, we need to start showing a little respect to call everybody who differs from you a radical conservative, I think. But what I think is irrelevant because those were her words. To call everybody that's liberal a radical leftist or socialist. But those were other people's words. Make your decision to vote. I know people get mad when I say this. Make your decision not to vote. It's your vote. Don't let anybody move you from what you believe to be the right thing to do. I think when you do that, the other person is exercising this thing that we pretend like we don't do. And if I remember, it's called um, coercion. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm still looking at Federal Social Readaption Center. Supermax Prison. <laughs> Readaption Center. I love it. Social Readaption Center. We're going to send you to the Social Readaption Center. Oh, okay. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a surprise. That would definitely be a surprise. Let me see what's going on in the news. What is going on in the news? Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Um, was it Louisiana? Or was it Kentucky? No, it wasn't Louisiana. Um... Let me check. Gotta make noise. Uh, Yeah, okay. All righty. So, I don't know if you heard, the U.S. Department of Justice, or was it the State Department of Justice? It doesn't say. They released a report on the other day on the on Louisville police custody um, deaths and all those things. And so they investigated the Louisville Metro Police Department and the Louisville Metro government. And their findings were released in a in a report that shows some things that I thought were jarring. But as I read the report, am I wrong to think that there's nothing positive about the Louisville Metro Police Department? They didn't do anything right? Following a comprehensive investigation, this is from the U.S. Department of Justice, uh, dated March 8th. They announced today that the Louisville Metro Police Department and the Louisville forward slash Jefferson County Metro government or Louisville Metro engaged in a pattern or practice of conduct that violates the United States Constitution and federal law. The department also announced that it has entered into an agreement in principle with Metro Louisville Metro and LMPD, which have committed to resolving the department's findings through a court enforceable consent decree with an independent monitor rather than contested litigation. So the Department of Justice found that the the Louisville Metro Police Department uses excessive force, including unjustified neck restraints, unreasonable use of police dogs and tasers, conducts searches based on invalid warrants, uh, unlawfully executes search warrants without knocking and announcing, unlawfully uh, stops 
searches, detains, and arrests people during street enforcement activities, including traffic and pedestrian stops, unlawfully discriminates against black people in its enforcement activities, violates the rights of people engaged in protected free speech, critical of police, and finally, along with Louisville Metro, discriminates against people with behavioral health with behavioral health disabilities when responding to them in crisis. And so there is a report that was released. Those were the basics of the report. And they also identified deficiencies in response to their investigations of domestic violence, sexual assault, including its responses to allegations that the Louisville Metro Police Department officers engaged in sexual misconduct or domestic violence. Deficiencies in policies, training, supervision, and accountability contribute to LMPD and Louisville Metro's unlawful conduct. And the Justice Department has finally concluded there is reasonable cause to believe that Louisville Metro and the LMPD engage in a pattern or practice of conduct that violates civil rights of the residents of Louisville, including by using excessive force and lawfully discriminating against black people, conducting searches based on invalid warrants, and so on and so on and so on. Unacceptable and unconstitutional conduct erodes community trust necessary for effective policing. It is also an affront to the vast majority of officers who put their lives on the line to serve Louisville with honor. It's an affront to the people of Louisville who deserve better and the Justice Department will work with them to make sure they negotiate towards a consent decree and durable reforms that protect both the safety and civil rights of Louisville residents. Your thoughts, 833-212-1017. Similar to something we have here, uh, the Collins Agreement. And so what can happen in Louisville? What can happen in Milwaukee? So I think one of the things that's going to happen is we will start to soften the way we actually police and then the slow erosion of police support and Crimes that are committed will continue to occur to the point where Louisville will end up the way Milwaukee is today. Because people simply didn't do their jobs and follow policy, Milwaukee is under the Collins Agreement, and now we have to deal with offsetting the aggressive and unconstitutional policing strategy for stop and frisk. And so in my estimation, there was a bit of a simple fix for this. I don't think it happened. And it's unfortunate because it put all the good men and women of the Milwaukee police department under a microscope. The flip side to that is if you're doing it right, you shouldn't mind the microscope. 
because I can attest to the majority of the officers that are there do a phenomenal job and don't violate people's rights. We'll see how Louisville turns out. We'll see. Dr. Ken, how is the police union in Louisville responding? It, it doesn't matter. The Justice Department came in and they already signed an agreement. I would have to ask around. I, I may have to do that. I may call some people I know in Louisville and say, hey, Louisville, and say, hey, what's, what's, what's going on there? How you feel? What's going on? But think about that. That's starting to happen all across the country. It took this long because they did a detailed report. They, they gave a detailed report of the pattern or practice of the Louisville Metro Police Department. And they have an agreement in principle of what will happen and what it will do. It's four pages. It's a simple thing. The assistant attorney general, the chief uh, special litigation section, the U.S. Department of Justice, the mayor of Louisville, the Jefferson County attorney, and the Louisville police chief all signed it. It's a done deal. The question is, will it change? The question is, what will happen in Louisville? What, what will happen in Louisville? Will they go the way Milwaukee went? When the Justice Department comes in and the powers that be start to look over your shoulder and say, hey, you can't say this, you can't walk this way, you can't do that. And then all of a sudden, crime picks up and people feel like they have carte blanche to commit crimes and drive around and do all sorts of things. And then we'll have yet another city where homicide spike and crime goes through the roof. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tori Lowe's show is up next. Want to say thank you, Alex. Appreciate you. Is Kyle around here somewhere? What's he doing? Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you. I'm going to steal that jacket. Never miss a show by streaming us on multiple platforms, the Truth app, Spotify. What are we going to give away? Cash? Caller number three, 833-212-1017, so you can be a finalist in the one call. That's all 5K giveaway. Be caller number three right now, 833-212-1017 is the number. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'll tell you who won tomorrow because it's Friday. It's going to be snowing. Take care. Be careful. God bless. Take care. I'm out.